The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey sports fans, football season's here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event, even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Coming to you from the Craig Newmark School of Journalism in New York City, it is the APC podcast, Alex Patakis, Ben Foldy, and arriving like Aaron Rodgers out of the tunnel when we thought he was done for, Zach Rapport shows up at the buzzer. <sighs> Might as well win this After thing. he was ruled out for the podcast yet again. Uh, we're all here and we're all amped up for a, uh, a two-part episode this week. We're going to talk about the Vikings with Arif Hassan. Later on, that's going to come to you uh, soon, a couple days, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. But we're here to recap what was a thrilling game that contained just about everything. An injury scare that I thought ended the season. Tom and Jerry's was dead silent, uh, save for the panting of all the dogs that were randomly there. I didn't realize it was a dog-friendly bar by the day, by the way. Was Waffles there? Waffles was not there. Oh, okay, never mind. Don't care. And to elation, people standing on tables and cheering at the end of a game. And, uh, yeah, that was really, really cool. That was one of the best ways to start a season. I play it pretty pretty close to the vest. I think I'm a pretty dialed-back, low-key guy. And there were several points where I was basically writhing on the ground during that game. Oh, I it was amazing. Was, I was in my apartment. I watched the first half with friends in my apartment, and then they left. Uh, so the second half, you know, they left, and I was pretty much, you know, they were like, they had me on suicide watch. And then the second half, I, I went to the bodega. I got, like, a... a chopped cheese i stress ate it and you know the, the twitter started filling in with like rogers is coming out the tunnel rogers is throwing the ball i'm like ah whatever whatever like i don't even care you also and ate it, your feelings at halftime oh yeah and then and then brats. i i started making noises i don't think i've ever made before in the second half like truly weird squeaks and squawks and like 
trying not to yell to wake up all my neighbors. It was very, it was, it was, it was it, I mean, that was the best game I can remember in a long, long time. In a long time. And I, I really think that, like, that was exactly what a lot of us needed to just, like, rejuvenate our love for football coming out of the gates with that, to remind you of how awesome it feels to be, like, desperate and then have that paid off in a huge way and how lucky we are to, to be watching another season of Aaron Rodgers. It was like the arc of an epic season in just a few hours. Yeah, I, was, I actually sent a text during the game that was like, I don't even care about the rest of the season. Like, this game is already worth it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I declared the season over, and both Zach and I fired Mike McCarthy That's at true. one point. That's true. As Khalil Mack is running into and the you end guys, zone. And you guys weren't alone. Uh, like, like it, was, it, was, it was total, total desolation on Packers Twitter. Yeah. I, I got to say, even, even after the victory, I'm still inching ever closer to the fire Mike McCarthy hill, but... We'll, co- we'll am, come back to that. Yeah, I, think. I mean, we're going to talk at length uh, a little bit later about uh, some game planning and and how the Rodgers injury may have changed that. Obviously, that's a big topic. We'll uh, we'll talk about that. I, I think this is a huge prove it week for him, for that reason. Um, Disagree. Really? Yeah. Okay. I actually don't think Rodgers starts this week. Oh, so you don't think he's going to end up playing? I don't. I think all of that is bullshit. See the point of rushing him back to get mauled by the Vikings? Okay. Oh, you don't want him to play? I don't think I want him to play. I but- think. Okay. Yeah. I guess we'll talk about that. All right. So why don't we start with some notable nuggets? We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and his 21 point fourth quarter comeback, uh, his snarky post game interview. I love the shot he took at the defense when he's like, yeah, I told him to shut him out and we'll win. They gave up six. Like that's so Aaron Rodgers, quintessential Aaron Rodgers. Nothing's ever good enough for this guy. But why don't we start with some non Rodgers related nuggets? Zach, what's your uh, notable nugget in this game? Well, so in a game where everyone is praising Aaron Rodgers, and, and rightly so, but I think that what gets overlooked is that the entire team really stepped it up in the second half and played a lot better than what was really just a, a disastrous first half. And so I wanted to call out basically the entire team for stepping up, but in particular for the purposes of hashtag note nugs, uh, Jamal Williams, who, who I thought really stepped it up in terms of, of pass protection, his, his uh, rushing stats as he is on my <laughs> my fantasy team were were not were not exactly noteworthy uh, throughout the game, but his pass protection saved Aaron Rodgers' life. I think in the second in the second half down the stretch. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I didn't realize that he was just very clearly, and I guess this is now obvious because they're so thin at back, like their best blocking running back. That's a oh, thing. I mean, definitely he has been for for he was their best running back at blocking last season too yeah. in pass pro. He's yeah. great. And he's a good enough receiver, too, that he can take pressure off in that way. Like, I mean, honestly, I thought Jamal Williams, you know, it's not one of those games where you look at the fantasy app and you're impressed, but he had a great game. I was I was just watching the first half, and he still and he also looked actually really good. In a, in a world where quarterbacks, you know, gift their linemen like flat screen TVs uh, for Christmas, I think Jamal Williams deserves in on that action. <laughs> Yeah, or what was it? Like, uh, what did Rodgers buy them? Didn't he buy them some type of, like, vehicle? Uh, what do you call, like, the snow? A Segway? No. Snowmobiles? Yeah, snowmobiles. Really? A vehicle on snow. Yeah, a snowmobile. I mean, I remember. Did they was, get those the other day? There was some story about Favre where he, like, flew them all to some resort, but then also didn't tell them that he, they had to, like, sign autographs. While they oh, were there. my like, God. It was, like, a weird junket. Like, anyway, classic Favre. Or maybe it was jet skis recently because there was that uh, uh, David Bakhtiari pick with, like, 15 girls and he was like thanks Aaron and it's just him on a jet ski like <laughs> on a vacation with a bunch of bikini clad do not recall women in uh California or wherever they were um all right uh I'm gonna shift the focus to the defensive side of the ball a little bit a lot was asked of this young secondary in week one and I will preface all of this by saying there is a very very good chance that Mitchell Trubisky is not good at football 
and that it's not going to look this easy a lot of other times. But uh, I was going back and forth with Peter Bukowski on Twitter, of course, APCer himself. The, the guys they were covering are good skill guys. Like, Allen Robinson is a good skill player. Trey Burton is a good skill player. Their running backs are really good. Their quarterback couldn't deliver. But um, I thought it was interesting. Ben Fennell tweeted out, like, basically how much they had to use their defensive backs. It's almost unprecedented. They went uh, in dime, 29 of their 70 snaps, and dollars. Seven DBs, 15 out of 70 snaps. So if you want to fault the run defense and be like, you know what, that's not really great cool. They're not supposed to defend against the run that well when it's just a bunch of 190 pound dudes running around. But uh, in particular, like I know, Ben, you were just watching the film. I watched a little bit earlier too. You kind of sometimes just pick a random guy to just like zone in on. In Jair Alexander's time, I thought he was awesome. Yeah. Like, I was really pumped up about him. He, I mean, he gave up the big, the one big reception to Allen Robinson, but even on that, the coverage was good. The coverage was great. There's a significant height differential yeah. there. There's a, a couple of times, like, I like the way he attacks, like, the, the line of screen. Like, there was a couple little screens where mm-hmm. he's very, very willing to come up and be physical, drive on the blockers, like, outside shoulder to force a play inside. He did it twice. Yeah, he shed the block. Um, and instinctually, like, he looks really, like, he could be, like, a Casey Hayward-type guy. There was that third and two when the Bears had to kick the field goal that basically gave the Packers a chance, like, late fourth quarter, and they ran, like, shallow crosses. And he it looked so natural, the way he was able to pass off like the guy on his side of the field to the, and like immediately react. Like he's seeing things before Mitchell Trubisky is seeing them. And again, that might be Trubisky sucking, but he looks extremely comfortable in zone coverage. And that's what made Casey Hayward so good and made him kind of a disruptive player from a turnover perspective is because he had that feel, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Jair Alexander definitely seems to have that. I'm really excited about him. Well, and just on that note on the secondary, I rewatching, I was impressed at how, I don't think there was a single play where they had that look of what the fuck just happened. Like, where's who blew the coverage? Like, right. You know, like they got beat a few times, but they never got beat by mental errors. Somebody not being where they're supposed to like, and Tremont Williams, I think was actually a big part of that. And Tremont Williams really like, there's a few plays where Tremont really reads and diagnoses like a play super well. Yeah. And he's not, you know, fast enough to blow up the play anymore, but mm-hmm. he's definitely fast and smart enough to contain the play. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. And that reminds me, you know, I've gotten a lot of tweets this week about how dead on Jamie was, especially after that Bears game in the tarot card reading. If you didn't hear it, still relevant. We're only one weekend. Go back last week's episode, our annual tarot card reading of the Packers season. One of the things he said, youth seeking leadership. I think Tremont Williams and arguably Haha Clinton Dix, like even if they're not going to be the guys making the plays, I think they can be very vital in helping these young corners. Antremont played in Penton's system. I know it wasn't very long in uh, in Cleveland. I think they could be vital in, in helping these guys not make those mental errors that drive us up the wall. Um, so I'm pretty excited about and that. And they were resilient, too. I mean, yeah. like, they did not break. The uh, only other thing I had was that I was really bummed because that, uh, you remember the, I totally forgot about this, and this is what happens when you're watching a wild game of the bar, that Blake Martinez dropped pick. Mm-hmm. would have a thousand percent been picked off by two other players one was Jair Alexander like after you could see Jair react after Blake dropped it and it wasn't that he dropped it it was that he wanted it that he was like I'm there like I'm in Allen Robinson's hip pocket so uh I think those turnovers are coming for these guys I really do anyway so on that note I want to talk about the one drive where the Bears did look efficient and the defense kind of looked on their back foot and that was the opening drive and I was just re-watching that and my sense is that if Oren Burks is in the lineup, that drive works a lot less well than it did. That's something I was saying early on in the game, just to 
to yeah. people who are panicking, like, calm down. This is not what the defense is going to look like. I mean, it might, it, you know, it's, it's first off, Petten adapted. What? Yeah. <laughs> Novel concept. Yeah, I mean, I just, like, uh, there wasn't a lot. I think the, the, the front three is really stout. It's going to be really hard to just, like, make clean runs up the middle. The Bears didn't do a lot of that. Right. Uh, and a lot of those plays were, you know, bounces on the outside, stuff like that, that I think that, you know, Antonio Morrison does not have the speed. And Oren Burks does. And and even the uh, Trubisky rushing touchdown, Morrison shoots the gap super quick to the wrong side. Him and uh, Clay Matthews collapse. Uh, they run into each other. Oh, that, and, yeah, that uh, was disgusting. Like, low light. But, like, yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot. Almost every play, I was like, Oren Burks would have been somewhere better than everybody else. Not everybody. Blake Martinez is not a burner either. And, that, no. and this isn't, like, a huge knock on Blake, but that's just not the role he's going to play. And I think Oren Burks, first off, takes, you know, there's no way they're in dollar that much if Oren Burks is on the field, right? And I think there is this kind of interchangeability of, like, what is a safety, what is a linebacker in this defense to yeah. a certain extent. But I, I do think that Oren Burks is really going to bring that dimension back, and in, in, in particular in that middle range of the field, which is really what Chicago was exploiting in that first drive. To Just to stop there for a second, do you, like, do you envision Oren Burks, like, when he's there, it, he would be the whitehead role, right? Like, because we saw a lot of whitehead in that sense, and Josh Jones being out obviously is a, is a huge impact too. Like the personnel, like it's gonna change. Yeah, I would envision, I guess Burks playing some of that Whitehead role because I feel like Whitehead was mostly in the box. He never was like a true like safety. The box pretty, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think also Antonio. Like there were just plays where Antonio Morrison was in but slow. And, yeah, that's and true. Burks, I think, is going to be in but fast. But um, I guess in theory, Josh Jones would be the Whitehead in that. Spot. Yeah, I mean, if if Jones. Comes back. I thought Whitehead was fine. He had some good plays. He had a really good pass pickup. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think the defense really held their own. And, you know, it's it's not unique for an Andy Reid coaching tree coach to call a really good opening 15. And it's not unique for an Andy Reid tree coach to kind of screw up as the game gets goes on and on. So, I, I you know, I think like everybody else, I was a bit apoplectic after the first half. But... All in all, I mean, that was about as good a showing from the Packers as you could want outside of, you know, injury scares. Yeah, totally. And and, and how rare is it that the Packers defense actually gives Rodgers the chance to pull that off? Like, yeah. it, it felt so good in part because every time Rodgers has done something like that or come back, you know, have come back and take the lead in the fourth quarter, they always blow it. And even with a second chance that Clay Matthews gifted them, they were still, like, without a question, like, nope, like they, yeah. we're not losing this he actually, one. Uh, Rodgers actually kind of made reference to that in, uh, I think it was the post-game remarks, where, uh, was it Kyle Fuller who dropped the interception yes. at the end of the game? And Rodgers basically said, like, that's usually, like, we have a saying for that, like, drop drop the turnover, give up a touchdown, something like yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, usually that happens to us, <laughs> but this time it uh, was the other way around. That's kind of his way of saying, like, hey, you know, it bounced our way this time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, speaking of the, the Clay Matthews penalty, though, I, I think we should talk about that. You brought up the fact that the interior defensive line, uh, even though the rushing stats might have looked good at times for the Bears, uh, was good, and I agree. Like, Daniel's just doing the Daniels things. Like, Kenny, Kenny, Clark, Kenny was great. Clark was great. They're eating up double teams. Um, a lot of those perimeter yards came on plays where either Kyler Fackrell or Clay Matthews were just like 
Matthews, I think, is a discipline thing. Fackrell, I think, is it just getting. I don't think Fackrell. Fackrell wasn't out there that much on. No, he played like four snaps. snaps? I saw Perry lose his edge a couple times. He played four snaps, and two of them stood out so much. I don't know if we're just at this point just picking on him. One, he like got manhandled by Trey Burton, Mm. and that's just like, dude, like backs and tight ends. It's one thing if you just get like bulldozed by a tackle. Backs and tight ends, like, come on, dude. Like, Bert, like, that, that can't happen. A one-on-one block, it's not even like he was, like, helping or chipping. Yeah. And then another time he just, like, knifed inside. I don't think it was a design stunt at all. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I, 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 th- I just think their edge needs to be a lot better. Yeah. Know? I mean. And it's hurting them in the run game, which kind of sucks. It's funny we've gotten this far without saying the word, or, you know, Khalil Mack. But what a different defenses would look like with a competent edge rush. I mean, yeah. Perry, Perry had an all right game, but. Yeah, the edges were probably the weakest part of of the defense overall. Yeah, on the flip side, I thought the tackles did okay, like dealing with Khalil Mack. I mean, McCarthy said oh, that the, the yeah, yeah, the OTs um, about Bulaga and and Bakhtiari was really good. I actually I was pretty pleased with uh, Mack had the gaudy stats and everything. But, yeah, I mean, when you watch the whole thing, it's like that that's not the case. Yeah, it's the interior line that I think is is more concerning. McRae, I think. Is gonna give people heart attacks, but yeah. that's okay. Maybe a couple penalties. He'll, he'll get he it together. Well. He'll get it together. He, um, we said the same thing when he first came in last season. Yeah, that's true. So off of that, now McCarthy noted after the game, or I think it was his Monday presser, he said something about the interior line being the actual issue in that game. That's going to be very important. You're facing another great defensive line against the Vikings. Um, I don't know how they're going to approach this game. Now, you think that there's a chance Aaron Rodgers doesn't play? A lot of other people are thinking that they're going to play this new offense that they just happen to discover when they have a quarterback who has one leg, which should actually just be the offense they always run. Let's talk about that for a second. But yeah, why don't we just like kind of dive into this whole like it took Aaron Rodgers losing a leg to actually run a 2018 style offense thing. I mean, was it is that the only difference? Just like his lack of mobility forced them to just, you know turn into a true West Coast team? You know, Mike McCarthy said in, in his post-game remarks about sort of the hurry-up, two-minute offense, the no huddle, it's the thing we do best, it's the thing Aaron Rodgers does best. And just do it more. <laughs> it was, <laughs> yeah. It, get, to get some rhythm. It makes no sense to me. Like, like it's, it's maddening. Like, it, it's so, I'm so glad that they transitioned to that so smoothly in the second half and it went so well, but it's just like, why, why can't we just, like, you know, that be our primary offense. And when he has to use his mobility, he will like the, the mobility and the long developing play should be out of necessity, not like what we go in doing. And I don't know if it's like the plays being called, because if you watch some of like you can watch the first half and there's a lot of route combinations that are identical to what's happening in the second half. But for some reason in the second half, the ball is coming out of his hands sometimes in a second and a half. And I really am starting to believe like, they're especially with the interior offensive line being a little bit suspect, like their run game should be those little, you know, two to three yard routes to Devonte Adams and let him make a gut. Like they have playmakers and Randall Cobb can thrive in that type of offense. I don't think he can thrive in the offense that we saw in the first half. And we saw it happen in the second. Like we need that man. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the way teams win in 2018. They nobody throws the ball downfield anymore. Yeah. Well, except for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. But, the Chiefs uh, randomly. I, I, well, I was just looking just now. Rodgers only had 15 snaps before he got hurt. So I, I'm not going to go too far into the, like, you know, why didn't they change sooner? Because, I mean, sure, you could say that, you know, they had three drives and only got 15 snaps out of them. But, you know, I'm not, I don't know what coulda, woulda, shoulda. Like, I just don't. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I Again, I, I just think it's like, I guess we would have to like really, really study it or just talk to uh, one of these many like film guys now to see if they're really calling the game differently. But like there was such a different feel when they came first off in the pistol that reemerged. Yeah. He's weirdly effective in the pistol. They like actually started to like try to use Lance Kendricks. They ran like some like running back option stuff with their tight ends, which I thought was really cool. Like out of the pistol, like that's, this is not a lot to ask. Yeah. Like you have the personnel. I, I, I don't really understand why it takes that uh, injury to, to do that. I guess to play devil's advocate to myself and maybe Ben, this is a little bit of what you were saying, but like they, it might be possible that they were going to get to that eventually in the, in over the course of the game. I mean, I think, I do think that, that, McCarthy has an, a somewhat annoying insistence on, you know, like he still really believes in like establishing the run. Yeah. And I think that comes out early in games. Yeah. Um, he was establishing running right into his offensive line for, yeah. for one and two yards. I mean, there was, there was a good, uh, the second, you know, the second run of the game was 11 yard pickup for, for uh, Jamal Williams. Yeah, and yeah. He had some nice ones. One of the coolest first down signals ever. And the band loves to dance. Yeah. The, other, the other thing, what I actually was really taken with in the second half was and this is like it's it's such like an intangible but i remember there was a close up on rogers's face uh i think it was the Geronimo Allison touchdown of him like taking the snap reading reading the defense and i'd never seen someone look so serene and like calm and in control and i can't i think like everybody who says that he's not clutch i mean sure that's obviously blown out of the water but what's really i mean he has such cold temperament yeah yeah and it's so calming and it always reminds me of that quote that he had when um i think this is when tebow was like a big deal and he had that quote where he was asked about his own like christianity and he he's like ah, blah, 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 and he, he says there's this quote by saint francis of assisi where yeah. he's like what is it it's like speak the gospel when necessary use, use words yeah exactly yeah. and i feel like that's kind of his approach to leadership actually like he's just like you know i'm here it's fine I'm going to do what I do. Trust me. Yeah. And then the team does. I think he basically said as much to the team. That was a message he gave, gave them, which is just do your job. I will handle it. It sounds kind of abstract, but I do think that that's like, that's such a calming presence. Yeah. And, and, um, and even the inner, like the, the fuller play, like I rewatched that a couple of times. Like all that happens is that Devonte Adams and the other, and the other cornerback on the crossing, uh, slants, they run into each other. Like, yeah, yeah. It's no. not like a misread by Aaron. I know. And that's, what's so wild is because think of what the narrative would be if he does like catch that, like Aaron, Rod- like it went from how clutch he is and like what a BC is to how he falls short. And yeah. You know, and it would have been like be choking comments, Farvian kind of like throwing the game away at the end, and totally. it was like the opposite of Farv. And it had you know something that yeah, like you said, had very little to do with him. That Geronimo touchdown too, like they you he knew. I think that's probably why he was so calm. Like didn't they? I, Chris Collins were said on the broadcast they had just brought in uh, a, another corner who they were like the Packers are surely going to attack with Devontae Adams on that side of the field. So they gave him say, like, and Rogers just looked off the safety. Like you can mm-hmm. see in his head him envisioning that like the touchdown as he's like looking off the safety, knowing damn well, he's just going to drop a beautiful dime, like right in Geronimo's pouch. Opposite hash on one leg, 60 air yards into a bucket. It was amazing. It's insane. And that's like, that's up there. I would say it's like a top 10 throw of his, but I don't even know because there's so many like that where like, you just don't understand how, how he, how he does that. Did you guys see the thing uh, from Ian O'Connor, by the way, of ESPN? He um, he allegedly spoke to a coach who spoke to Tom Brady 
And Tom Brady was quoted, according to this coach, as saying I saw this. that if Aaron Rodgers, uh, I don't remember the exact verbiage, but basically if Aaron Rodgers was playing in the Patriots system, he would throw for 7,000 yards because he's so much more talented than me. If he was, th- if he was in the Patriots, Patriots system and also had the Patriots institutional knowledge of yeah. right. other teams' defenses. <laughs> he he might not be totally wrong. I'm no. not sure that's like false modesty. But he also capped off that quote by saying uh, he is so much more talented than me. <laughs> right. No, that's what I mean. Do we believe this though? Like, I, do we believe that was said? <laughs> I believe that Aaron Rodgers is much more talented as a raw quarterback oh, than Tom course. Brady, and I always am confused by people who don't agree with me on that. Like they're always like, "How many rings?" I'm like, "Who cares?" Like I just think it's crazy to think that Tom Brady might actually acknowledge that, like, and might actually believe that. Yeah, I I mean, it sounds like a fake quote to me, but (laughs) the the gist is real. Yeah. Um, Okay. In a couple days, we'll talk to Arif Hassan about the upcoming Vikings game, which is going to be uh, tense. Are you wearing purple on purpose today, by the way? No, but I did just trade for Stefan Diggs. That was a garbage trade. Your son. We don't want to dive uh, too far into our fantasy happenings, although I will say, finally, I had a great week. I sucked last year, but uh, Alvin Kamara got my back. Uh, but we will dive into the APC Pick'em Pool uh, with a quick update of the leaderboard and who did good on week one. After week one, there is a tie for first place. Fellow APC contributor Chris Burke is leading the way tied with listener Nicholas Price, 98. So those are the guys to beat. 98 points. That's a, It was a tough week, a really tough week. Yeah, it was. It, week one's always weird. Like, I mean, I think I put all of the points uh, possible on the Buccaneers losing to the Saints. Yeah. Ben Foley, you are leading the pod uh, in 20th place. And that was without me getting a 16-point game because I joined after Thursday. Yep. Nice work. Oh, oh and you missed a game. Damn. You, we really suck, Zach. All you need to know about week one is that the Jets and Buccaneers each put up 48 points. Yeah. All right, follow us on Twitter at Alex Patakis, at Ben Foldy, at Zach Rapport. We're all much more active there uh, now that the season has arrived. Email the show, theapcpodcast at gmail.com. And also uh, follow the show on Twitter for updates and, uh, you know, basically just some funny shit and all that good stuff, memes, uh, at theapcpod on Twitter. And you can watch the game with us if you'd like, if you're in the New York City area. Tom and Jerry's, it was fun out there. Brats to be had. Brats, beers, writhing on the ground. Yep. Um, All right. Enjoy the rest of your victorious week, and we look forward to updates uh, on Aaron Rodgers' status that I'm sure Mike McCarthy will not give us. He was not budging. So, anyway, we'll see ya. Tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Somebody to love. Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. Somebody to love. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.
Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Somebody to love. Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, Maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.